You are about to experience the corpse cast. We would advise any listener who may be ill, pregnant, or of weak constitution to reconsider listening to the show for fear of an onset of health issues related to encountering bouts of pure shock or fright. For those who wish to continue, just remember to avoid fainting. Keep repeating, it's only a podcast, only a podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 316 of the Corpse Cast. I'm Mike. I'm Shane. Shane, oh my goodness, how are you? It's been four weeks. It's been four weeks, and the reason for that was, well, I, and I, I, I told you I was going to get fucked, and I did get fucked. Oh, bro, nope. No, 100% no. on that. <laughs> yeah. Then I went in for my colonoscopy. How was that? Uh, four polyps, but the doctor came in and he said, don't worry. I don't think there's going to be any problem with this. For but did, couldn't they get them out right? Right. Yeah, he, yeah they, they got them out right then. Yeah. They, they, it's a. But the first thing I said when I came out of the anesthesia was the nurse right there going, "Shane, how are you?" I said, "Did you check the prostate while you were in there?" <laughs> because I feel like that's exactly what you should do. Sure, I mean, okay. and she says, "Oh yeah, we do that." Well, oh, cool, I googled cool. it, mm-hmm. and they said seventy-five percent of the time, doctors check the prostate while they're in there. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Sure. It's literally 15 seconds to check the prostate. Mm-hmm. But long story short, good colon, uh, polyps gone, uh, and prostate, delicious. <laughs> you know? well, that's good to hear, yeah. man. Glad to hear that you're healthy and wealthy. I just, you know, hey, when you get to that age, you start to go, what if? Dude, guess what? I have a colon- The Grim Reaper's colon. I've got a colonoscopy like scheduled for later this year, I think in October or something like that. It's like I thought you had to be 50, but no, it's 45 now. 45. Uh, the worst part is not the the whole thing. It's pretty streamlined. You're in, come back. Isn't it getting all your down. poop out first? It's the Miralax. You yeah. take an entire giant bottle of Miralax in two Gatorade bottles Ugh. and you do it in an hour. So you guzzle Ugh. the entire bottle of Miralax. And I didn't know the asshole could pee. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing because I, Dude. I mean, you. It's like you know when you're taking a whiz yeah. and you see the beautiful stream. The, yeah, the, it's uh-huh. almost like a DNA strand. Yeah, you okay. see going into the toilet. <laughs> that's. I felt like that's exactly what was happening by the end of that. Dude, the first time I ever had a kidney stone, I didn't know it was a kidney stone, right? I thought that I just had an impacted bowel, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to the hospital and they gave me like. Like a shit ton of enemas, right? Like two two liter enemas, right? Right. And I'll tell you what, talking about pissing out of your butt, yeah. <laughs> you hold it in as long as you could, then go in and just. Pssst. I mean, you, you, you do kind of just sit there on the toilet going doodle do, <laughs> and it's just like a stream of just you know. But uh, I I almost feel like you should do that. I I think that's called a colon cleanse, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, Wouldn't yeah. That be- do you know what's funny is the founder of my company? I work for a health in in. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Health, whatever. Yeah, health. They give you health science, whatever. He actually has a place down in, uh, down in uh, Mexico where he does a few experimental things, and one of those is a coffee, Jesus. a coffee enema. That sounds like one of them A two four movies about ready to. No, fire dude, off. it's. I don't care. Listen, because coffee of him, en- I have coffee a coffee enema. Yeah, like well, because of him, I have a job, and you know, I can right. take care of my family. We love so, him. So He's whatever. Great. He's great. But the bottom, yeah, he'd go down there, and he's just like. 
yeah, you just need to you just need to cleanse it all out every once in a while because there's like 20 pounds of poop in you all the time. And I'm like, yeah. are you telling me I could be 20 pounds lighter if I just pooped? You know more. I'm like, I, I mean, I feel I, like I poop I'll more than you, anyone on the planet. I will tell you this right now. Yes, in fact, you will lose a lot of weight because what I did was I weighed myself before and after. Before and after. What was the difference? I was 248 pounds mm-hmm. before I started the Miralax. Uh-huh. And when I was completely flushed of it, where I was like, "You're not getting those foods coming, yeah, boy." Yeah. Two forty-one. Are you, you had seven, seven pounds, pounds. of pounds, dude? Two forty-eight. That's actually really good. I remember you used to be almost two eighty. I was, I was two eighty. Two then, two sixty-three is about where I've been hovering. Well, that's good, man. Looking good. And You're looking hot. The only thing I'm figuring out is is more movement, less food. Yeah. Okay. You know, don't 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 be stuck. You know, I'm yourself. the I'm I'm the kind of dude that eats and then like I could set a watch to having to poop thirty minutes later. I mean that's great. So it's that like, is it, good. Literally. I'll bet you when you go in, they'll say you got a good colon here, brother. I hope so because I because it's coming. It's if coming this if week. Completely irregular like that. Yeah. Hard, let me ask you one more thing. Hard turds. Or so, I mean soft. Not, would you say like not but diarrhea, but like but, not but. Not not uh, painful hard, but just but, but logs. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like soft serve because uh, uh, diverticulitis. Okay, that is where you kind of start to get like little pock marks or something in your colon. Mm. So they want you to have a, a nice fiber diet so you can sure. sh- so you can push all that stuff that may fill those pockets. Gotcha. Little seeds and little little bits of. <laughs> You know, cotton candy or whatever. Eat you your eat day. your wheat bread, folks. You know? So eat some fiber. Put yeah. fi- Metamucil in your diet. Not a paid sponsor, uh, by the way. By, by, no shit. No pun intended. I guess. Oh my god. Well, I'm glad we got that. I'm glad everything. I mean, fine. listen. You look. You look. You look. And as call three eight five colon dot com. Go there. Three colon dot com. Just do it. All right, so uh, like I said, episode three sixteen. Wow, we're what are we? We're at about five and a half minutes, and uh, we've just been talking about our buttholes the whole time. It's important, dude. Uh, I remember we used to have a dude go over uh, the cadaver lab. He'd he'd listen to it and cut out like uh, little funny things we'd say. Oh. I just said we're five and a half minutes, and we've been talking about our buttholes all. Was time. that the same guy that did that corpse cast uh, thing at the very beginning, right. where it was like I'd eat a. <laughs> candy bar out of his asshole. Dude, he, I don't remember that, but he but, would, he would do the, uh, like we would do. Early on, He someone sent in this like a kick-ass audio yeah. clip that they pieced a bunch of shit together. It was funny, but we never heard of that guy again. I, I think, well, he moved. It probably was him because he moved and he went to get his master's degree and all this other stuff. And I mean, that was, he's probably done, but after two years of not dealing with us, he probably was done anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into the show. Let's do it. Jesus. We're talking about a band named Guerrera. Guerrera. Yes. Guerrera. Or gay. 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 No, they're gay. Well, they're from Portugal. Makes sense. Portugal. I yeah. have no idea why G-A-E-R-E-A. So you could say gay-ria. But Gay-ria. I've actually seen the band. Really? Themselves. Not live. Oh. But I've seen them pronounce the name. Oh. Because they're from gay? Greece. Portugal. Portugal and Greece are two gay. completely different places. I mean, no, not Greece, but uh, gay. Okay. They're gay. So basically, why do you put those letters on there? R-E-A is on there for absolutely no reason. Because G-A-E, gay. Well, it's it's the same reason why uh, the, the word Q 
Why do you have Q E U E or Q, you know why do you even have exactly? It's just Q Q U E U or C U E or Q U E U E U E U E U. And we're talking about their 2020 album named Limbo. This is a band I'd never heard of. And we're talking about the H.P. Lovecraft classic from Beyond from 1986. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a long time. In fact, we we haven't recorded. In, I remember. So it's been about a, it's been about eight weeks since we've had this uh, this question of the episode. Uh, I figure. I mean, do you have anything else to say? Or do you want to get? Oh into no, that? I'm, I'm I'm. I feel like we we uh, I'm, had diary of the mouth. I'm, ga- I'm you know gazing I mean. delightfully into your eyes and waiting mm-hmm. to hear what you're going to say. No, I'm just saying. Let's get right. Let's get into the uh, the voicemails. Bang it. So the the question that we had, oh, and I have to apologize to Tom, because I accidentally put my phone number on there again. I do that Tom. from time to time. A guy named Tom called in, and I answered the phone. Hello, this is Mike. He's like, uh, oh, I was going to leave a voicemail. And then I scared him away, and he didn't leave the voicemail, so I apologize for that. Tom, get your get your juicy ass back on there and call that number, 385-351-9273. Get to do it. So, I, I, so the question of the episode was, what artist's passing affected you personally? Um, why don't we go ahead and we, we got a, we got a couple people call in, but, uh, Tony from Arizona sent us a few. So why don't we just get right into those? Excellent. It's the question of the episode, the question of the episode. Call into the bone phone, leave your answer at the tone. Question of the episode. All right, everybody, we're back, and we are lucky because we got Tony from Arizona. He sent in three MP3s, and we're just going to go ahead and let those fly, shall we? Let them ride like a like a like a sweet Led Zeppelin jam. Well, hello, handsome Mike and my sweet boy Shane, and sometimes even little baby Ritzy when you can call in. Yeah. This is Tony out in Arizona. I'm getting caught up on some of the question of the episodes. Latest one for me was what was the comfort food stuff? And I guess what I would say for me is it's not necessarily a specific movie, but maybe it's more kind of an era of movies of, of from when I was, you know, six years old up till... 12, 13. That's why I love the 80s, man. When you're still kind of deep in childhood before you move on to your teenage years. Right. And I liked a lot of the stuff. And for me, that was the 70s. And I liked a lot of the movies, the horror movies from the 70s, especially a lot of the... I thought it was younger than ...that were made specifically for TV. And I guess I have some nostalgia for that. But I also, as a kid, a lot of the stuff that was on TV then, you would see horror movies from the 60s. And then also from the 50s. Oh, yeah. And so I have a real soft spot for those. And especially as I get older, when I watch some of the 50s movies, especially if they're ones maybe that I connect with a little bit, uh, one that I think is really, really good, I'll give a quick recommendation. And I'm sure some of you guys, some of my fellow listeners will know, which was Night of the Demon, which I thought was Oh, yeah. Excellent. That's an old school one. Uh, and again, that was, I think, maybe, was it late 50s when that thing came out? But a fantastic, fantastic movie. I thought that one was a little bit ahead of its time. So anyway, hmm. that is it for uh, this one, and I will talk to you guys soon. So let's talk about Night of the Demon, though. Have yeah. you seen it before? Okay, so uh, I'm trying to remember. It's there's a there's, I just watched Night of the Creeps again. 
No, okay, so this one, this one's a little bit different. It's Night not, it's not Night, Night, of the, it's not Night of the Demons. It's not the one where Linnea Quigley pops that lipstick into her boobie or anything like that. No, this is a black and white one. Basically, <clears throat> it's a story about, um, I, I, I don't think he's a Satan worshiper, but he's some kind of a, a spiritualist, right? It, who is, you know, who seems like a good, decent dude. He does. He dresses up in clown makeup for the kids in the, oh, yeah, you know, he does party stuff. That, yeah, he, but the thing is, is he like, there, this is a big, this whole show is like a, like a, the people who don't believe in this stuff versus the people who do. And, you know, oh. and it opens the mind. And, but the demon, in, in my opinion, is because I saw, I mean, I saw, I didn't see it till I was a little older. I mean, I was probably my I'll kids. have to go watch that for sure. It's good. But the demon is really cool looking and it's, it's like, it's almost like a, Ooh, what do you call it? It's a kaiju almost, except for it's got smoky and it's just like oh yeah, coming so down. No, it's it's really it's, it's a really good story 50s though. Style, but, but, but I, I would, he said it was late fifties and it might be, but I would have guessed early or like early sixties. But I guess that's not that big of a difference anyway. But no, it's a great movie. That 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 is perfect. I love yeah. Pardon me, I love that movie. Sorry, I'm though. gonna watch it. I it's Night of the D. De- I get it all mixed up. I get it all mixed up. <laughs> All right, he. So here's this next one. Well, hey, Mike and Shane, Tony out in Arizona. Question of the episode had to do with was there ever an artist or celebrity when they passed away that it affected me kind of on a profound level? And I don't know. For me, probably not. I do have a little bit of a oh, a story that's kind of on a parallel track, I guess, maybe. Nice. When I was in sixth grade, I started reading sword and sorcery type books, things like Conan. Maybe mm-hmm. some of you guys are familiar with uh, the Kane series. It was written by Carl Edward Wagner. And I really enjoyed those. When I was in junior high, we were given The Hobbit to read for one of my literature classes. And we were going to dissect it chapter by chapter. And I really enjoyed it. So after we were done with that, I went and bought the Lord of the Rings series. Right. I had an interesting experience in that I was about, oh, maybe two-thirds of the way through the last book, so through The Return of the King, and it hit me all of a sudden as I was reading. I'm like, oh, this story is coming to an end. This adventure is coming oh, to yeah. an end. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know the author is dead, so there's not going to be any more, and I know that there's no other books. It was just The Hobbit. Oh, man, come on. The trilogy. Would say that I was sort of saddened by that, or maybe I had a little bit of uh, melancholy, yeah, because of it. But it was uh, it was an interesting experience, and it was a little a one of uh, self reflection and, and kind of a realization that just because maybe I want something to keep going, it doesn't mean that it's going to. Right. Hey, that's beautiful, anyway, man. That's kind I like of, that. Uh, my experience. I know it's maybe a little weird one there to relate that story but that's uh, how i felt about sons of anarchy man (laughs) yeah it's like anything uh, good you guys next time here it comes me oh no you than me you than me my sweet boys this is wait he called in one last time you get you get here the 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 heavy lip smacking on that first one for me and then it was you know because i I was mistaken i was mistaken because that first one was super wet and i'm like oh no that one's for shane that's yeah exactly and then after he dabbed the lips with the uh, napkin then he came in for you yeah he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want to share his fluids with me no gross. yeah he just he's he doesn't do that he's got one more so here we go Tony out in Arizona again. I have a suggestion for question of the episode, and I guess you'll have to love it. twist it around or rephrase it the way you want. 
And that has to do with separating the art from the artist. So have Ooh. you ever had a movie or a song or a book or whatever? That's this is the question of the episode. You really used to enjoy and once you found out something about one of the uh, creative people that were involved with it, you're just like, man, I just can't enjoy this anymore. Or Gene Simmons kiss and makeup where <laughs> maybe something has come out that's is quote unquote scandalous, but you can successfully sort of separate the art from the artist. Ooh, that's so, good. Anyway, Michael I Jackson. That's it. I will uh, talk to you guys next time. Dude, that is okay. A damn so, so good guess one. what? That's better than the question of the episode I came up with. So that's going to be it. But uh, hold on, we got. I do like. We that. got. We got one more call. Hold on. Don't give your answer now. Oh, that's okay. You're done with the uh, the Z man, the Zony. Why, why am I not more prepared? That's what I ask myself every time. Look, I'm lending my talents here for crying out loud. It's funny because Cassidy's out there. Cassidy's out there, and you were five minutes late. I'm like. Shane's five minutes late. What am I paying him for? He goes, she goes, wait, you paying Shane to come do this? And I'm like, no, I was a joke. She goes, that sounded pretty convincing. Are you uh, paying Shane You should have said, uh, side hustle. <laughs> no. We ain't making any money, bro. Banging once, out once the we, grain, once we, do, once we do, once we do, you get, you get, you get 70% because we all know people are here to, to watch the Shane. No, Diablo. I do not want that. All right, here we go. I want 50%. Hey guys, uh, Don and Ellie here. So, I'm um, trying to uh, get the uh, call of the episode in for uh, this week. Um, artist death that affected me. Um, and I, I don't have too many um, musical heroes. Uh, most of the ones I listen to are still alive, so I, I really Lucky. don't have much uh, for that. Yeah. Um, the only one that would um, I would say would be more actors uh, than anything. Um, uh, I, I vaguely remember um, Christopher Lee when he passed away. Um, that wasn't too long ago. Probably close to about a decade now. Yeah. Um, he was like one of the first uh, real ones that got me. Um, like I said, I was a huge fan of his. Uh, although the, the one that really got me was uh, the, the death of the actor in the original Godzilla films, uh, Haru Nakajima. No. Oh. Uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, he was like the the real one that I, I really kind of felt and uh, I really kind of felt sad about and, uh, you know, yeah. kind of lingered for a while just because, you know, he spent just as much time raising me as my parents did uh, growing no up. No shit. Was, uh, you know, the <laughs> right. one thing that I really kind of gravitated to as a kid. So uh, I, I'd say those would probably be the biggest, would be the main ones. Uh, Nakajima was the biggest uh, just because I was affected by him the most, but. Yeah, uh, music's not so much. Uh, most of the, you know, most of the ones that I groups I listen to are either still active or the, they're not dead yet. So you know, thank God. But can't say much for music, but uh, at least something. So uh, take guess that'll be uh, it for now. Just you know, take stay safe, take care of yourselves, and talk to you guys next time. I think Donanelli means it when he says that. I think he cares truly about us. Who doesn't love Don and Ellie? Uh, yeah, here's the problem. So how can you Don not? and Ellie has the perfect idea for a podcast. He comes out, he's doing the top 10 of different things. He has people on it, though. But the problem is, is 
I, I've, I haven't been able to listen to it yet because I have no time for podcasts. And I know that's crazy as a podcast. You gotta right? find time. Son. But it's, I do need to find time, but it's like I can't listen to them while I work because I can either focus on work or I could focus on podcasts, but I can't do both because my brain will not allow me to do that. Well, so, you don't have one of them good uh, computer whiz brains then. <laughs> Apparently, I do not. The, the you see that in the movie where they do that, and the guy's listening to Slayer in the headphones. Oh, I listen to music. Playing but, the drums, but, the but thing he's is also you don't going, have to focus. we're going to have a Wall Street crash, bro. <laughs> you know? No, but I've got to check that out because, honestly, that's one of the, especially, I mean, listen, if some dumbass came out with that premise, I'd be like, screw that, I don't care. But, but it's Don and Ellie. Don and Ellie is so I'm glad he doesn't live in Salt Lake because uh he would come on and kill me at trivia and, and that's you know and I don't I don't like to lose Shane I don't I, like to lose Well we know that but no so that's the thing so so what's your what's your answer man My my well what's your answers did you say Well besides Huey that made me sad Yes Huey may obviously made me sad but I will say the first time He was a hero he was like a yeah I could see that you I know mean, but I also you were, knew you were, you were always about and that was that was wonderful in so many ways, because sometimes you were the fucking dude that loaded all our shit over to the goddamn <laughs> yeah, gigs. Yeah, that's but the abuse. That's me. sweet. That's sweet. But uh, I okay. So I think the first time in my life, because I mean, even now, I mean, there's people who've passed away that do a lot of stuff that I like that I really like. Yeah. But I mean, every in in sometimes I look. I'm, I, maybe I'm, uh, what do you call it? A little bit uh, jaded or or cynical, because people are like, oh, I loved him, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, come on, you know. Stop it! But I I will remember in in uh, when I can't remember what year it was, but Lane Staley died. Right, Alice in Chains had been one of my favorite bands from since nineteen nineties facelift. Right, and I and and this was a band that I followed that you would wa- I would stay up late when they were on Headbangers Ball. You yeah, know, they, and I would I would follow, I would buy magazines to read about them. Right, and this guy his voice is unmatched. There's, Unmatched. There is nobody who sounds like him. No. And I mean, they got William Duvall in the band now, and they're still doing a great job. I mean, they mostly, can try. Well, mostly because Jerry Cantrell was the was the brains behind the operation. And he the whole also time. lended a lot to those vocals. But yeah, he did, especially but, in later albums. And, I mean, you saw him on uh, what was it? The the even the uh, unplugged MTV unplugged. Yeah. Jerry Cantrell sang a ton. I mean. Staley was there, but he seemed so out of yeah, it. Yeah, he was. He, he did a good job. I mean, I almost kind of teared up listening to a song the other day they did from that unplugged. Yeah, and he was there, but he was not in good health, and there no, was he did no not doubt about it. He was going to be going. He away. sat there with his glasses on, didn't even move. Whereas when I saw him a concert up at the Golden Spike in Ogden, he was like, he was like creeping around and and yeah. really getting into it, putting the microphone up above us and screaming and just being this, so like. Just it was such a big personality. He's not a big dude, but yeah. he's just this big force, right? Yeah. He passed away, and I, Allison Chains at the time was my all-time favorite band, mostly because I'd never heard of Opeth because they weren't around quite yet. Bottom line is, so that really affected me, and it's weird. And the only other one which I fit, which I found kind of surprising because I love Pantera, but you know I wasn't like totally in love with Pantera but the way that it happened when he's on st- when Diamond when when uh, Dimebag, Dimebag yeah. is on stage with Damage Plan and he gets shot down that was like what Yeah that was more that was to me that was like a what the fuck who would want to this is the Pantera guy Yeah exactly right Why would anyone want to do that One thing know? one thing I was shocked about is because Typo Negative has been one of my favorite bands since 1992 when I first heard Bloody Kisses right yeah. And 
when he when Peter passed away, what 2010 or something like that, I can't remember exactly. I was like kind of already. I was. I thought, okay, you know, this is kind of. Yeah. I kind of had it in my mind. I mean, his between his music, between his drug addictions, uh, you know, before he apparently he got clean, but he also had. But I also knew that he had like a some kind of a disease where where he grew like you know like. Or like, did he have gigantic? So like I, I don't. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was something like he that. He did get because at the end his nose it was really big. His ears were huge. Yeah, he you looked, know, and that and that's he, looked, he did not look. He didn't look like he did in a Playboy spread, a Playgirl spread. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but I could kind of tell he was look. So I, I was kind of almost prepared for that, which is funny because he's like one of the my favorite lead singers, lead men of all time. But it didn't affect me that much. But those two, Lane Staley and Dimebag, and I was really surprised about Dimebag. I was literally crying. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I did not see this coming. But anyway, what do you got? Um, well, I mean, I I don't really when people die, it's 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 uh it's it's what happens in life. They get old or they die suddenly or whatever. I mean, shit, there's been like the the guy from Black Dahlia murder and shit. And yeah, he, he just committed suicide. Himself, yeah. I mean, people come and go and they die. And I don't really, you know, nostalgically think about it that way. But I will say Peter still kind of hit me in a weird way. Yeah. Because Die Monster Die opened for them um, and he was in bad shape. Oh, really? You could just see it. Yeah. But with him, you know... Watching him on stage, and he was sitting down. And he oh, had, he shit. had a he had a music uh, stand in front of him with the lyrics. He wasn't playing bass uh, for half of the show, at least. Really, and it was like there's something seriously going on. Right, but but also with that, there was a shift in almost like when he died, the whole kind of culty horror punk genre kind of died, not because of him. But just it was kind of the arc of the whole right. thing where it was, you know, it, it, it was over. Yeah, it's it was kind of that's it, a sad time. And, and and that that style, as we know, will come back. The or thing punk is, will come back. That makes than me ever. sad in and of itself. When the independents were coming, when Spawn Atomic was coming to Salt yeah. Lake, when uh, the Stellar Corpses were coming, yeah. and you don't see those guys, and you don't see any of those guys anymore. You know, you don't see these. Horror punk there will coming. be a resurgence of Psycho Billy and horror punk and stuff. No. But when he died, I was like, you know, everything seemed to kind of arc there. And another person that I kind of went, oh, that sucks, is Norm MacDonald. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mm -hmm. fucking love him. Yeah. And I thought he was hilarious. And I was bummed. And the most of that was just because he didn't tell anyone. Right. Nobody, Nobody knew, knew it. Well, that he yeah. had cancer so he just died and right rightfully so because he didn't want to be norm mcdonald with cancer is right. doing a gig over well here, also so. when tragedy happens to people and maybe this is too personal but when tragedy happens to people uh, when it happened to me one time with my divorce stuff like that right i didn't tell anybody for a year right like my my family knew yeah but i didn't tell any of my i didn't tell you yeah i didn't tell my buddy sam Everybody knows Sam from the Cadaver Lab. Yeah, like they all they all found out later. But I mean, what are you supposed to do? Call everybody up? Yeah, I got divorced and I'm sad as shit. And blah, exactly. Blah, blah. You know, you don't. You know the the world we live in now is you're supposed to go. I'm single. I'm changing my Facebook to single because we just broke up five seconds ago. No, it's or whatever. But yeah, you keep that stuff private and personal. And 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 from what I've heard, Norm was like. Uh, 
Nobody needs to know about that. It's not funny. Right. Sa- uh, Bob Saget kind of blew me away, too. I was like, yeah. Jesus. That's a Make America's Funniest Guy. <laughs> Smacks his noodle on the table? Yeah. Or was it murder? Who knows? I will be. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Johnny Crew though. Yeah, and because that was one that I was that that I, I we've been talking and then and then that, but but I think that's more of a friend thing than a, yeah. I mean he he had his music and he had his podcast stuff like that, but I think that was more because it was even. And I I hope those episodes are still up where people can listen to Kruger Nation. I don't know if they are. I don't or, know if they are either, but. Anyway. I don't know how that system of the wide world web. But that works, that was but, pretty devastating. Yeah, to me. That's got to be that's got to be. I know you were close to him, yeah. and I loved him because he was goddamn funny. Yeah, he was hilarious. He seemed happy, and I'd I mean, not all the time. I mean, anyway, stuff, long story short, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't want yeah. to. So let's do uh, let's do Tony's question. Okay, so okay, so let's say the theme is separating art from artists. Okay, what was something that that you loved that when you found out about the artist that you could no longer love, or what's something that you love? You know about the artist, but you st- and you don't agree with them, but you still like it. Right. Call it in 385-351-9273, Shane. What do we got next? Let's get gay. <laughs> you know what song? You know what song? I'm going to play the only song that's less than six minutes, and it's called Urge. And we're going to play that oh. right now, and we'll be right back to talk about that band. Okay.
inside a cave near Portugal. A light. It flickers. A fire. From inside the belly of the cave, five figures stand. Hooded figures. As you draw near, the hands of the hooded figures reach to you, calling to you to come for visits. <laughs> oh Who be ye? You say. The figures say, Neil. As you inch closer, you feel the blackness, the darkness. I shall say once again, who be you, hooded menace? A voice thick with gravel begins to speak and says, We are gay. <laughs> you can like them on Facebook. Official Instagram is gay. And that's G A. E-R-E-A. Official Twitter, gay underscore official. That's G-A-E-R-E-A. Official Bandcamp, gay.bandcamp.com. G-A-E-R-E-A dot bandcamp.com. Limbo. Released July 2020. Third studio album, six tracks. Now, when we say studio albums, they don't... It's not like, uh, what is this, like a docking record, 15 tracks? No, right, it's, right. It's, it's a solid uh, number here. Six tracks, <clears throat> 51 minutes, 47 seconds long on Seasons of Missed Records. What do you think of this? Dude, so first of all, I want to mention this might be the first band that we've ever done from Portugal. So mm. good good on you guys. Good job. They're, they're the little hot dog in the end of Spain. Yeah. That's where Portugal is. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. You said, okay, so here, here's how it goes. Pull the curtains back, okay? Here's how it goes. Like, I'll, no. I'll edit the podcast. Like, Sunday night, I'll edit this podcast, this, this episode, and I'll put it out, and I'll be like, okay, so for next episode, we'll do this. And then Shane will go, okay, well, let's do this band. Right. And then I'm like, okay, well, I've never heard of this band, so, you know, whatever. Uh, Slightly I, surprising to me. Well. Because I know you're kind of a uh, connoisseur of, of black metal. So, so here's the thing. I enjoy it. Or However, blackened. I am not... The Quintus, I, I don't know everything about it. Like, right. This is not my like. You're you, my go-to. You, and you're telling me you, you don't know me, how to do it. Well, no, 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 no. So I, so yeah, I'm very weak at it because well, because the thing oh. is, a lot of the black metal, that's like guys like Joe Redbeard's, you know, his yeah. thing is like Revenge or what was that? Revenge Ion. was more extreme metal. What but. was what was the what was that band? I forgot the band that we did. The, the oh shoot, I, I even forget. Anyway, long story short, but he said so. I check it out and I turn it on. I'm like. Oh yeah, you know here we go. Yeah. This is cool. Um, it's okay. So they call themselves black metal, right? And this is what I say in our, in our break. I'm like, okay, so this is what I want to talk to you about about the stylistic, uh, and the style this, of this band. This is what I find interesting because I don't know all the uh, different the the idiosyncrasies of black metal bands, right. blackened death, blackened. So. Go for it. Tell me, explain. Okay, so I think this is more of a fusion. Okay. In death metal, okay, so we're talking death metal, not black metal for a second. Right, right. You've got your pure, pure aggression type of black metal, or sorry, of death metal. You got your bloodbath, you got your deicide, right. you got bands like that, right? Um, and then you have melodic death metal, like early in flames, Bellacor, right? You know, some other stuff like, you know, so, it, you know, you see the difference, right? It's, it's a transition of, you know, let's go from raw death. Meaning, we're talking about murder and <laughs> and surgical stuff into melodic. But there's where, definitely a definitely a huge difference between bloodbath 
and Bellacore, right? For instance, you know, right? You right. can tell. I mean, they 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 both have the, and you know, the, but the thing is, Bellacore is like I feel like they're almost kind of a proggy type of death metal or black right. yeah, black or death metal. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. But okay, so you see the difference. But 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 uh, and then you got your bands like uh, uh, Children of Bodom, you know, stuff like that, and that that's melodic death metal. Right. Okay. So I think that this is not pure black metal like Mayhem or, or uh, you know, something like that. Right. But it's kind of, it, it, but but the thing is, it's not, I wouldn't say it's symphonic black metal because it's not Demu Borgir. Right. Or it's not as soft. There's as, no keys. No, there's no, it's just some dude's raw dog. And you got the behemoth who is like, you know, they'll, they'll do black and death. They'll do that and then they'll be just like, then all of a sudden they'll come out with a song like, and I'm not right. I'm not talking shit. It's a fine song. Yeah, and, it's and like, I love that song, by the way. I do too. It's called Sliggity Bong Dong It's called Sliggity Bong Bartzabel. Yeah. But, but that's that's also interesting to me that this guy has beat like two raps for for uh uh, uh, blasphemy in Poland. That's crazy, right? Blackened death metal. It's like because no, because definitely that be the blackest of all black metals. When you go on trial twice, and they go no, because he, he's a vegan, so everyone, every every oh. real black metal person hates him. But no, so but I don't think I don't think that uh, gay is down there with those guys. I think they're they're not the pure in your face like bloodbath. You know, I think that they're. But and I don't think they're like as soft as Demil. And I, you know, I love Demil. I love. Oh them. yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I think, but they're just above it because they have a lot of just like riffage. They have a instead of yeah, they they have a lot of cool riffs and they'll slow down and almost like a sludge. Yeah, type every yeah, once I'd agree with that. And then and then they'll pick it back up and then all of a sudden, you know, all this stuff. Is this black metal 2.0? Is I have no idea. Low fat. But the thing is, is guess what. Black I metal. loved this album, yeah. Like from start to finish, and maybe I'm not the kind of I, I'm not the kind the guy who's going to listen to Revenge. What was it? What was the the band that the album's called Ion? Oh, oh yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> we did it on the on the show. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, that wasn't Revenge, was it? Revenge's album was. Oh, is it? Let me let me. You know what? Oh no, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about Ion was a uh, 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 Portal. Portal, yes, that's exactly right. That is, we must make you scream in horror. What was that? Now that we're going down that memory lane, what was that one that was like, I'll find out later. Because it was one that was really funny. Like, he was like, I don't, I'll, I'll deal with it later. But no, no, no. But this, so, so this is the thing. I guess maybe I'm not to the most extreme black metal. Because it just does nothing for me. It, it to me, it's not dynamic. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just. That's it's attacking dynamic. Attacking your instruments. It's fine, and I know you love it, but I don't really listen to the themes of the songs. I don't listen to, like, a lot of people love it because it's like, oh, they're saying this. And I'm like, I don't okay. give a shit about that. But the thing is, this was dynamic. They would slow down. But what takes you in, what 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 makes a young man like yourself, if it's not, you know, what takes you to dare I listen to this in black metal? If you're if you're not going well, first of all, I do I, I do hear like the creepy. I do like the darkness. I do like the darkness is. for sure. Yeah, but the thing is, at the same time, it's like I can't understand the lyrics that they're singing anyway. And I'm I'm right. not I'm not going to be that guy that goes and reads it. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a great thing about uh, you yeah. know doing black metal or death metal or anything from any country is you don't necessarily have to know the words. No, no, no I never know the words on this stuff, and I've never really been about that. 
uh, I, I'm more about the vibe, and I feel like this is a, more of a mood thing. So it's like I, I, I can't listen to this while I'm writing software because it's too distracting and you know whatever. But driving, like I remember driving down and just being like, all of a sudden, all my anger at all the drivers went away. Yeah, because I was fo- I was kind of focused on the music. I wouldn't. I wasn't like in a trance like state or anything like that. But I just noticed I was just like just into it, listening to it. The vibe was coming at me. Yeah, and uh, my daughter would say, "You were just vibing," you know. Yeah, and so I'm just vibing. I'm down. driving down, and I'm just, you know, I'm just like, this is some good ass shit, and nothing bothered me, because I, I was into it, but I was still driving and whatever, and, that, and that, I think that's kind of the the thing about this music, and it also was dynamic, and it also took you on a little bit of a journey. I mean, these are these are these songs are there's eleven minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, yeah. ten minutes, flew by, five minutes, thirteen minutes, and it's like it's like you know, I mean, some I mean, some of the times I did. I couldn't differentiate during some of the songs because it's just riffs and whatever. Yeah. It's fine. But it was a whole vibe thing. And I hate to say vibe because I'm an old man and stuff like that. But you can say vibe. I don't know. I, I try not to do it. I also do, I mean, after after I listen to it a couple of times, I do like the fact that they're like in the cloaks and they got their, their I always hoods love on. a good look. Yeah. I don't want to see a five jackasses stand on stage and go, Hey, what's up? Unless you're like, I mean, I've changed my tune on Opeth completely after seeing them live. Yeah, they're awesome. But I'm saying bands like that, that's fine to see. But something special when you see a band that's all cloaked and like, well, who is that man? And the lead man? singer, when he's singing, he's got these spastic motions and he's got, you know, all this stuff. So, and yeah. I was already on board with this album before I watched any of the videos. So I watched those and I was like, man, this is great. You know, yeah. I do like the air of mystery about this. There wasn't a ton to find. I mean, you, you can't go to like a Wikipedia page and read all about them. Yeah. You know? I mean, you. I mean, you can say there was. There's two guys in the band, Diogo Mota and Guillermo uh, Henriquez. And, yeah. You know, but it's like that's all you know. And I went. I had to go to Encyclopedia Metallum. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, no, it's great to just to find out anything. But no, I like this album quite a bit. I feel like it was exactly as hard as I like it. You know, when I when I'm in the mood for hard stuff. You know, yeah. you in the guy's got such a natural death growl or black metal growl. Yeah, I was just talking about it. It's it's so good, and I'm like, I'm working on mine, but I I'm I'm, I'm bush a, league. I'm more of the fan of the of the more raspy but lower. Yeah, I don't like the dudes that go like uh, like Cradle uh, of Filth, Cradle dude, of Filth, which I'm seeing it. on Monday. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go see him. I love Cradle of Filth, and you know what? I've loved Cradle of Filth since I was in high school. So all you people who are like. Bro, this is new. I was in high school. We but, were listening to grunge there. I was still into them. F you. I will say a high pitched growly voice that really does where, that I love. Yeah, is uh, uh, the accused Blair from uh, Oh yeah, the accused. Yeah, uh, the album's called uh, "More Fun Than an Open Casket Funeral," and <laughs> it's like you can hear this guy going better better than my eyes, and he's going. The whole time <laughs> really? in the background, and I enjoy that. I just don't like that high. Yeah, no, I get it. Pitched. Well, well, no, because let's be real. With Cradle of Filth, little boy comes out right, and he's just like. Ee! I mean, I'd be on fire to see the dude go. Oh shit! There's Danny Filth right there. Yeah. So I saw him in San Diego a few years ago, and I'm going to see him on Monday. And today's Friday, so I'm pretty pumped about that. I took Tuesday off. You got? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I did. You're like, I was worshiping the goddamn devil on Monday. <laughs> I you know, I like this album quite a bit. In fact, I think I might go ahead and buy it. I think I'm gonna get. I'm think I'm gonna grab it. I th- I thought it was great. I didn't have a chance to get into their other stuff, uh, but I probably will. Yeah, 
I give this a buy. I oh, think cool. you should buy something from this band. It rather it be that you listen to the albums on Spotify, do whatever, but I guess in the new age, you say buy, meaning just buy something. Oh, I'm going to buy band. a vinyl. I'm going to totally buy the vinyl. Do whatever you got to do. If you have a record player, Mike does. I don't have one. Nope. Uh, maybe they got one at Walmart. Do you know what the irony? Something. Do you know what the irony is? So you see my record player and the speakers and the in the see it. And all that stuff. Two turntables. Do you do you know how often I actually fire that up and listen? Other than just or just put Spotify on all my Alexa things, and it comes out of this one too because you can just yeah. change the input. So I've got Alexa on all my speakers throughout my pay, um, there you go. my place, and I walk around and I don't miss a beat. You own the vinyl, but you go Alexa, put on a little gay. <laughs> Alexa, let's get gay. I I don't think I'm ever gonna say that to Alexa. I promise you. Um, I thought this was fantastic, but I think that is an interesting thing because when I. When I, I first I saw this drummer do, and I think it was Urge, but it was just like, uh, "Hey, here's a drum." Play I think through. Urge might be their 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 single because it's only it's less than five minutes long, which is the shortest song on right. this album. And I was shocked and amazed by the dude's playing. Yeah, and he's wearing the mask, which instantly intrigues me. Anytime sure. the band is, you know, masked or covered or you know, do you like it's the masked singer? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's different. It's different. I mean, bro. I did watch two seasons of that. And Holy I was like, hell, bro! And you know what made me stop watching it? How that terrible how gay little, was it? it was that, that how G A E R E no, the terrible little Asian fella from uh, Hangover? He is so painful to watch. Really? I was like, because he tries. I, what, to, oh, the like, dude with the mushroom penis. He's like, I'm got. Does he have a mushroom? Well, penis? it was shown in the Hangover. Oh. But he just gets up and goes, no, I know what's going on here. And he's trying to be funny. He's not oh, dear. at all. Okay. And it's painful. So okay. I, I stopped. Uh, but I feel like this is some kind of evolution of black metal. Now, the stuff that you talk about that you go, hey, man, this is the like the real deal stuff, the 90s, yeah. church burning, everything else. There's a place for that. There's a dark throne. And all those bands, yeah, exactly. there's a place for it. Everything that comes five, ten years after can be like, uh, they, they're not trying, they're not, maybe they're not on the right path to figure it out. Well, dude, I mean, that happens with every kind of music. Remember, grunge came out. Yeah. We had Alice in Chains, we had Pearl Jam. Five years later, we had the Nixons, and we had yeah. the, the rest of that bullshit. And right. that happens all the time. And I Hair feel metal. like this is... I think this is the beginning. This is the beginning of... Of bands going, we're black metal, but we're very technical. We're very yeah. precise on everything because th that was the beauty of black metal back in the early days. Was the this is raw and yeah. and just and murder. They and weren't precise. They and, were just they were just and that was the spooky scary. They were part playing about it. into their effing like speaking spells or whatever. <laughs> it was the second generation that kind of went. Oh, okay, there's still some good stuff here. But it's like that. It's like anything else. It's like Black Sabbath. Sure. You know, uh, you're going to have plenty of bands that come out that love that kind of stuff. I give this a high buy. I think it's cool. fantastic. Yeah, gonna, My I'm favorite songs: Urge, Conspiranoia, yeah. uh, Conspiranoia, and Mare. I love Mare was my songs. was probably my favorite song on the whole album. It was the last track, right? Yeah, yeah. So I love that one. Yep. I would say buy this or buy something from this band just to go. Hey, I'm down. I'm glad you liked it because I don't know that sometimes you pick an album and you're like, man, I didn't like this. I'm like, well, why'd you pick it? And you're like, I didn't I didn't know it was suck, but I thought maybe this would be one where you're like, I don't like it because I loved it. Yeah. Like, I listened to this eight hundred times. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of times when I pick a band, it's because I haven't heard it and I go, I'm interested. Well, I that's, good. Hear that's a, good, though. I want to hear an album. That's why we do this. I hope people like find bands from our show. Yeah. You know? It's like we, you know, we were going to do Mr. Bungle and, and by the way, three, no, no, we were going to do terrible. the self-titled Mr. Bungle. And terrible. I'm not going to lie to you. I bought that out the tape in like 1992 or something like that. And I loved it. In fact, I was ready to go talk about Mike Patton and how great he is. But the problem with that is it's kind of a, it doesn't seem like a real album. It seems like a, like a, like a, what do you call that? Like a stream of consciousness where there's 10 minutes before the song where they're just doing dumbass shit. They play three minutes of a song and then do 10 more minutes of dumbass shit after the song. Exactly. It's like, I I don't know what, and maybe I'm not smart enough to understand that. Someone someone can call in 385 and say, bro. Let me tell you about Mr. Bungle. I remember listening to it on tape being pissed off because like, but the, it's funny because the, now on Spotify, it's called quote unquote, but on the tape, it was called Travolta, but it was like, but so it's like silence, silence, silence for two minutes in the opening of the fudging yeah. album. And it's like, why would you do that? So like, I could not put that tape in and listen to it because you had to go through so much bullshit. Yeah. You know, but anyways, long story short. I would have given it probably a Spotify, yeah, only because of that dumbass shit. And what I learned from from that was this new album, where it's like, "Fuck you, man, Mr. Bungle kicks ass." Didn't you hear that shit with Scott Ian? That is a demo that they did before they did the original album. Really, I did not know. So that. Scott Ian came in and they all redid the demo. No album. shit, I did so not the, know that. The new stuff that's thrashy and and better than the, that first Mr. Bungle was before it. Was before it. Interesting. So cool. Yeah, all but right. uh, I I think uh, Gay is a great band. I love it. And them. you should take a listen and listen for more than one minute. Because, because because you're not even going to get through a, a like a fifth of the song. There is okay. something to be said for the five lists. Like I said, like because I've stream been. Of, you, I mean, the, just like not the the uh, you just just put your brain in it and just kind of like go with it and just let it be the vibe. Yeah, I that's what I loved about great it. Great guitar players, great drumming, great vocal, uh, dark and damp and dirty. Do it. Do it. So what we got next there, Shane? Let's get into some trivia. What it's it about? It's about your dad. Corpse Cast Trivia with Mike, Shane, and Ricky. Corpse Cast Trivia. Let's get ready to rumble with okay. some trivia. Here we go. <laughs> Number one, 1983 film. IMDb gives it a 4.5. When his loyal fans decide to steal his fresh corpse from the mortuary to pay with it to play to party with it all night long jesus oh my goodness those words look so similar oh, play sure. party especially when you ain't wearing glasses uh, a true horror film star returns from the grave as a ghastly bloodsucker that's a vampire uh, bent on revenge at least Will he spare his followers that took him out of the grave and re? First of all, this sounds like a re- great premise re- to a did, movie. Did it? Nineteen eighty-three stars. Ferdy Mine, Nita Talbot, and Jeffrey Combs. Oh my hell! How do I not know? Nineteen eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three. Four point five. 
when his loyal fans decide to steal his fresh corpse from the mortuary to party with it all night long. A true horror film star returns from the grave as a ghastly bloodsucker bent on revenge. I don't think I've ever even seen this. Are you taking I'll take the deuce, deuce, yeah. Frightmares. Yeah, I have not seen this. (laughs) Here's the fun nugget. The film scenes, which are supposed to be Ferdy Main's heyday. Can I Google who Ferdy Main is now? Yeah. Uh, are actually black and white clips of Tempe Dure Per I Vampare from 1959. We were talking about those 1950s movies. 1959, which features Christopher Lee in a relatively <sighs> early role. Oh my, yeah, dude. Christopher Lee in an early role in 1983? Yeah. No, that was not an early role. It says Christopher Lee... Lee, oh. Christopher Lee in a relatively Dude, early he started role. in the 50s yeah, as Dracula. That's, that's weird. Yeah. But it was right there in the fun nugget, so you cannot deny that. You cannot uh, do anything with that. All I'm right. sorry. Fuck me, right? Okay. Number two, here we go. 1987 film. IMDb gives it a 5.0. Thirsty year. What? Thirsty? Jesus. 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> have passed since a grisly murder-suicide of Colin Childress. Creator of the comic book, Cellar Dweller, which is also a heavy metal band, maybe based on this. But, as often happens to those ignorant of it, comic books, comic book artist Whitney Taylor is doomed to repeat the history in a most grotesque fashion. Cellar dweller. Ding. Yes. Turn up the radio. I, I, I forgot there for a minute. I was like, God, this is very intriguing. I wonder what the answer will be. <laughs> and then I went, oh, shit, it is. No, I like that movie. It's a good movie. It's a good Stars. One. Deborah. Harry. I have yes. no idea who Deborah is. Is it Deborah Harry? Brian Wilson. No shit. You know what? I watched a video from, you know what? I'd never, you know what I never knew about the Beach Boys before today? God only knows what I'd be without. You know what I love about that song? That's a great album. So an old girlfriend of mine, right? I sent her that song thinking, you know, it'd be a lovey thing, right? But it, but. God only knows. But yeah, but the thing is like, no, but, but the thing that the, the first of the words are, are basically something like. I may not always love you. Yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. There's something far above you. (laughs) But because I didn't know that part, so I said it to her. She's like, what is this? Are we breaking up? (laughs) And I'm like, what are you talking about? God only knows what I'd be without you. She's like. Remember that when you would get on the phone with your your young girlfriend, (laughs) your lover, and you just play songs back and forth through the phone. Oh yeah, dude. this is before cell phones. No, no, no and all this that. was no, no. This this was actually a, uh, a high school Michael. So yeah. th- this is a lot God only knows. I thought it was such a sweet song, but it turns out he's like, "Fuck you, we're not going to love each other forever." But guess what? You made me learn. God only knows what I'd be without. What you. would I do without you? Yeah. So maybe he's learning. Uh, you're either you're either a, a blessing or a lesson. Uh, did I do the fun nugget for no. uh in okay, here we go. Yeah, fun nugget for that uh cellar dweller. In a scene where the character Whitney Houston is in a room, 
you can see a reanimator movie poster what? behind her. Jeffrey, the Jeff man Combs, who plays well, these Colin are Jeffrey Combs movies. Okay, in cool. this movie stars in reanimator. 1985. Number three. Here Number we three. Go. I'm wondering what. 1994 film IMDb gives it a 4.5. A small town has been plagued by unearthly beings for decades. And now there is only a few people left. What everyone is not aware of are the humanoid creatures lurking underneath the holy ground. Thanks for that hint, by the way. Yeah, you know what that is. It's called Lurking Fear. Turn up the radio. That's right. Stars John Finch, Ashley Lawrenson. <laughs> Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrenson. <laughs> she was in the Hellraisers. Why is it there Lawrences? Lawrensons. There should be. I agree with you. I feel like that's like a... I feel like that sounds good. Scottish. If somebody were to come up to me and said, "Hey, my name is Lawrence. Hans Lawrenson," I'd be like, "That makes sense." Lawrenson's. Lawrenson's, uh, and Jeffrey Combs. I respect a grown man who goes by the name of Jeffrey. Isn't I've, that doesn't that say a lot about someone that goes? So I have a brother named Jeff, right? Right. And for for some reason, I've always thought it was funny to call people by their full names. How are you today, Anthony, when their name is Tony? Hello. But I always did. Jeffrey. How are yeah, you today? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. And he's like, he hates it. Like, you know what's funny? So my, my girlfriend, like, calls me Michael, right? Right. And her whole family calls me Michael because she introduces me as Michael. Mom, it, it's dad, weird this is Michael. Who is this rugged character coming <laughs> into our living room? And then I, have, then I have 10 minutes with him, and my charm and personality makes say, him. Call me Mike. Sir, if it minds you properly, no, please her, call her me son, Michael. Her son calls me Mike. He's like, I called you Mike. I'm like, and everybody else calls me Mike besides you guys. But he thought it was such a burn. But I'm like, bro, no. Fine. It's cool. Yeah. I'm two and one. I'm good. All right. Here we go. Uh, which one did we just do? A small town? Uh, did we do? I yeah, didn't do my fun nuggets, dude. Well, I got to do, do my fun do nuggets. It. Jesus. I keep hearing you, you fucking slap and blap on. I'm not going to lie to you. Life. I like to talk. I don't know if you know that. Fun nugget. Writer, director C. Courtney Joyner had a lot of problems working with Joe John Finch. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. You know, that What's was an H.P. Lovecraft movie, too. Yes. And I tried to dabble this with that, but yeah. it's hard to do. Gotcha. You know, I'm only one man working You're only on one trivia. Man. One man. Finch wouldn't even listen to the basic directorial co uh, commands. Really? <laughs> I don't I don't do that either. <laughs> Command, fuck you, pal. <laughs> Such as cut or action and wanted to do things for his character of Bennett his way. Joyner has said that he regrets not being more in control as director. And that's called childhood arrogance. And, and a side note on that was the one fun nugget that I didn't talk about was that they damn near wanted to fire every every director they had on the set really? for a long time. Lurky was because that asshole? Because it's hard to deal with people, man. I hear, dude, that's why I write software. I don't got to deal with anybody. Number four. Here we go. So you're you're well on your way. I'm two and one, so I'm not winning yet. Number four night. 1996 film, IMDb gets it a 7.1. That's a very good score. That's a good score. 
after a tragic car accident that kills his wife, a man discovers he can communicate with the dead to con people. However, when a demonic spirit appears, he may be the only one who can stop it <laughs> from killing the living and the dead. I feel like that when this movie came out, the parents weren't ready for it, but their kids were going to love it. Because it was Marty McFly in the, in the, oh, in the main role, geez, and this is called Doc. The Frighteners. Dig -a -dig -a you built a time machine out of a DeLorean shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's movie. Right. I love Michael that movie. J. Fox. They, you know, that's, uh, what's his name? Peter Jackson. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh -huh. Here's a fun nugget. Michael J. Fox repeatedly blew a man. Jesus. What? What did I write down here? Michael. Yeah, it says it right here. Michael J. Fox repeatedly blew a man. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Oh, wait. No. Repeatedly blew his lines. Oh, I was going to calling say, the judge. I was going to make a Parkinson's joke. So anyway, so I'm glad I didn't. Do yeah, that. don't do that. Uh, uh, calling the judge who was played by John Aston. Doc. Oh, oh dude, God. that's Gomez Adams. He kept calling him Doc because he was saying Doc for because he was oh, still no on, shit. he was still on the set of the no Back shit. to the Future that's cool. set. That's funny. Um, the name Christopher, uh, the, the name of Christopher Lloyd's character in the Back uh, of the Future 1985 movie trilogy, and then I've got this in parentheses, Doc. You made a time machine out of a DeLorean? Do you know the dude who played Jeez. that guy was Rudy's dad? Was Samwise Gamgee's dad? Asked him. Hold on a minute. Your, your brain fucking me. The Iranians? No, no. The, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Bus? no, no. I'm talking about the Frighteners, right? Oh. The guy who played the cowboy guy was John Aston. Was his name John Aston? Yeah, John Aston. And Sean Aston. Sean Aston is, Sean is Aston. Rudy and Samwise Gamgee. And... Samwise. Mikey, Mikey from the Goonies. Fucking, fucking Samwise. Yeah. That's his dad. Oh, yeah, that's right. He yeah. was. Jesus, that was a mind blower right there. Well, I'm glad to do it. Samwise Ganji is the little jerk that's in, uh, he goes, this is our time down, down here. here. Down but, here, it's our time. But it all ends when you go up Troy's bucket. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Yeah, I didn't realize that. You know what's funny is you didn't think we were going to go there tonight, did you? I love the Goonies. Now I'm like, my Zanes. God, why did you ever do that lousy fucking Lord of the Ring movie and <laughs> did, ruin my... Samwise made me cry did for you know, their uh, friendship. You know Corey Feldman's coming back. No, I did not know that. With his band. the Corey, They're not the uh, Angels anymore. They're called Corey Feldman Band. You know what? You know Corey, you know when Corey Hayne died? Joe's. You know where, are, are we going? You're my like, ex bought tickets. When is it? No, my ex bought tickets the last time. Oh. And it all fell apart. What was he was supposed to come with Corey Feldman and the Angels. Dude, and he I'm never showed up. But let me tell you why I'm not going I'm not going for Cor it's Corey Feldman. Feldman, by the way. I'm not on our sacred day. Oh, really? So okay. September eleven. Dude, that's crazy. Never forget that. That's oh, you can't. No, that's that's funny. I'm gonna go Liquid Joe's though. I kind of like Liquid Joe's, but they have the worst bands. I never there. liked it. I liked Grim I Reaper like... there. Grim Reaper played there before Steve Grimmett lost his leg. Oh, I would have liked to have seen that. And we did see Killer Dwarves there. We did see Killer Dwarves there. Yep. Here we go. Number five. 
1997 film IMDb gives it a 4.5. When the when the discovery of 5,000-year-old artifacts of a humanoid reptile leads an investigative reporter to the Kronos Project. He uncovers an experimental device created to send humans through time controlled by ruthless multi-billionaires. Wait, wait, wait. This got a what? A 4.5? It's a 4.5. That is a... If it's a movie I'm thinking of, it's a crime. Stars Rocky Patterson, T.J. Myers, and Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. I don't know. I don't think this is the movie. I don't think I'm, I've got it right. But I will what say Dr. Mordred. No, it's... You are incorrect with that. I don't know if I know this. And I'm I'm trying not to waste time on the podcast thinking about it. So let's just... I already won. I'm, I'll be three and two when I take the deuce on this one. And I time win. tracers. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. I never would have got that anyway. Fun nugget. The movie incorporated movie footage from the 1977 film Planet of the Dinosaurs. Hmm. There is a funny scene where Captain Norsyth, and this is highly enjoyable. You guys are going to love this. <laughs> There is a scene where Captain Northside is making dinner, and Jim says, What is it tonight? Lizard again? And Captain Northside says, No, we had that last night. Tonight, we are having filet of swamp monster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my good golly. Everybody's a comedian. When I read that, I just, I well, I shit in my underpants. <laughs> so oh, you're the big winner. I'm a you big win. winner. Yeah. You're the winner. I love Jeffrey Combs, and I met him. I was disappointed with how short he was in real life. I'll be oh, honest yeah. with you. But the, and next to Ken Foray in this movie, you can right, clearly no, dude, see it. Dude, dude, Ken Foray's like tall. He's six foot four or five, so he's taller than me. Yeah. And like, he's a big boy. And then you see little boy uh, Jeffrey Combs, and it's like, my goodness. And the minute you see them next to each other when they're wrestling together, yeah, right. you go, my God, his giant black penis would destroy Dude, Barbara no- Crampton's <laughs> tiny little snatch. I hear what you're tiny saying. Tiny frame. Well, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to say I know. Snatch. I got dirty. I'm sorry. I got dirty. My it's bad. Tiny my frame. Bad. My tiny, bad. Tiny, tiny person. Tiny uh, hip bones and all that stuff. All right. So guess what we got, guys? We're about to play a trailer. For the movie we're about to talk about called From Beyond, who stars, which stars Jeffrey Combs, as we said earlier. Mm, Let's go mm, ahead and play that, and we'll be right back to talk about it. Go get it, Jeffrey. Every journey begins in the mind. (laughs) A flight of imagination. A vision of what might lie across the universe. Or within the deepest regions of the subconscious. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on such a journey. It's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Something's coming. Humans are such easy prey. The makers of Reanimator from Beyond. All right, you guys, you just heard the trailer for From Beyond from 1986. Mm, mm, we mm. just so you know, we were just on break and we were talking some deep shit, and then 
on a moment's notice, we turned into the podcasters again, and that's what we're doing. Well, that's what we do here, sir. IMDb gives a 6.6, directed by a guy named, and if you don't know this guy, oh, I love him. you should know this guy, and you should get to know his whole catalog, uh, Stuart Gordon. He is a master of horror. He did Reanimator. Okay, but also, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple things. Yeah. He is an H.P. Lovecraft fan, apparently, and he's also a Charlie Band fan. Because he did Reanimator for Empire, Dolls for Empire, or Full Moon. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Robot Jocks, Full Moon, Pit in the Pendulum. We've done that on the podcast for Full Moon. Castle Freak for Full Moon, King of the Ants, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, by the way. He directed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Get the fuck out of here. No, that was a huge... Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis and all that stuff. He's like, my God, my payday has come. (laughs) He finally made some money. Now he's dead. But he also did Dagon, which is an... Which Dagon is a very underappreciated movie, but it's awful. The CG in that was right when CG was very nascent, right. so it looks really bad. But the story itself is—I think it's really great. Uh, this movie is written by uh, well, it was based on a story by H.P. Lovecraft. Stewart loved H.P. Lovecraft. He did this: Reanimator, Castle Freak, Dagon. Like I said, uh, it was written by Brian Yesna. Also, fourteen writing credits. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and kind of the rest of the things. The the Honey, I Shrunk. You know, and all yeah. the sequels, stuff like that. Brighter I mean, I got the kids bigger again. <laughs> Dude, whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah whatever exactly. Honey, I blew up the kids. He made money. He did uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, four and five. He wrote those. Yeah. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk films, like I said, Beyond Reality. Q? Was that Q? Uh, am I thinking about the wrong guy? Q the Wing Serpent? Q the Wing yeah, Serpent. Yeah, you're thinking about the wrong guy. Oh, and oh, the stuff? Yeah, no, that's, that's a totally different <sighs> guy. Yeah, totally different. All right. Anyway, but uh, so Brian Yesna is, I know him more of a producer. He has 29 production credits, but it's all all these kind of the same things. Uh, He was involved in, like, we did one of his movies. I can't remember. They had that awful, like, new metal machine head song in it. Uh, What was that? Oh, anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to remember. It's all about the blood, the sweat, the tears, the dig it, dig it, dong, mm, the dong, the years. And it was awful. I never but that movie that. was good. The movie was good. It was also written by Dennis Paoli, who I think these guys are a team. The Brian Yesna, Dennis Paoli, and uh, Stuart Gordon are all, have all kind of been a team because they've all been doing the same kind of things. Dennis Paoli has 17 writing credits. Uh, he did uh, Reanimator screenplay from Beyond this movie, Ghoulies two, my favorite Ghoulies of all time. Closely followed by Ghoulies three, Ghoulies go to college, but he did not write that as far as I know. Ghoulies go to college. Spellcaster Meridian, the Pit and the Pendulum, which we've done here, that full yes. new feature. Um, Body Snatcher from nineteen ninety three, Castle Freak, The Dentist one and two, Dagon, and a couple of Stuart Gordon's Masters of Horror. Uh, like I said, these guys love to work together, and I feel like they're a great team. Uh, this movie starred Jeffrey Combs as Dr. Crawford Tillingast, Barbara Crampton as Dr. Catherine McMichaels, Ted Sorrell as Dr. Edward Pretorius, and I have a whole piece of notes just about him in a minute. Oh, really? Because he, he reminds you of uh, Ricardo Montalban from, from fucking uh, Fantasy Island. Smiles, everyone. It was, smiles. You know, the guy, you know, he was Khan in, in Star Trek yeah. 2, right? Okay, the Wrath of Khan. But I love him in Fantasy Island. Of course, everybody does. He had that de plane, de plane, all that. Everybody loves smiles. it. Smiles. Don't worry about a tattoo. This also starred fine. Ken Foray as Bubba Brownlee. All right, let's go into the plot. Bubba Brownlee. He was wearing that fucking jersey. It said Brownlee. Played. And I was like, how is that? 
Is it Brown Lee? Is he Lee Brown? Bad. No, it's Brownlee. That's his last name. Brownlee. Brownlee. I mean, I know you're not a sports guy. It sounds like bad. But on boy, your but Leroy on your jersey, Brownlee. Finest man in the whole damn town. I thought that was a take on that. Brownlee. Nope. Yeah, that was his name. He played in the NFL, according. I mean, Bubba Brownlee did. Yeah. And that's why he became a, a bodyguard later, but we'll talk about that. Dr. Edward Pretorius is a brilliant scientist who has been working on a device called the Resonator. It's a machine that sends out a signal that enhances the pineal gland in the brain and allows a person in range to see things that are imperceptible to the normal eyes. In the first scene of this movie, Dr. Crawford Tilling asked, Jeffrey Combs, activates a resonator and as he's working alone in the lab. He sees strange creatures flying around in the air. He's fascinated until he's bitten by one of these creatures, so he shuts it down. He alerts Dr. Pretorius, who is a brilliant doctor, a, a wonderful, great mind, but also, he's also a very freaky dude. He loves it. a little SNM, BND, <laughs> BDSM. Little BDSM, a little. Uh, He's all into sadomasochism and bondage. Okay, cool. Hey, who isn't? Mm. That was me. Definitely has a penchant for pleasure. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Pretorius goes in, he turns on the resonator again and starts to go mad with power and the feeling. Because not only can you see uh, past dimensional walls, but it makes you horny as shit, for some, yeah. uh, of course. I mean, because that's... Penile the, the, gland the, the, gets, starts yeah. to poke out the brains. The pineal gland. <laughs> the, the penile like, pineal. It's very same. It's very close. It makes you super horny. The resonator is going so high that it freaks Tilling ass out, and he takes off. Long story short, when the machine malfunctions and shuts off, they find Pretorius decapitated in the resonator room. Okay, and I like that they put the little uh, chalk lining, <laughs> and then there's where, a head. where the head is missing <laughs> the body, and then over the head. That that's well, here's some, where the little scoopy. That's some hereditary shit, right? Demon hell or whatever it's called. Anyway, enter Doctor Catherine McMichaels, who is the wonderful and beautiful. Yes, Barbara Crampton. Okay, <laughs> she's lovely, but she's cute. Oh, she's beautiful. She, she's a cutie pie. She's on this case. She has some. So basically, she's a psychologist who has some new techniques for psychiatry, and asks if she can take custody of Tilling Gas. Uh, she's interested by his theories and the stories about what he has seen from the resonator. So basically, she gets she gets uh, custody of him, takes him back to the house where it all happened, and starts to work with him on the resonator. But also, she's got Bubba Brownlee, former NFL player, to make sure everything stays on the level. If you yeah. know what I mean, you need that person to go, "Hey," and I think you do. That was I'm going to make shit. sure shit happens on the level. <laughs> Doctor McMichael's is hoping to find a way to use a resonator as a way to help schizophren schizophrenics deal with their illness. She actually thinks that maybe schizophrenia is the next level of evolution. We're just too dumb to understand that. Well, what could possibly go wrong? When they use a machine that enhances your pineal gland and lets you see into the next dimension and makes you super horned up, what, what I mean, what could possibly go wrong? What yeah. what really happened to Doctor Pretorius? Can the pineal gland actually become a penis that protrudes from your forehead? Do we get to see Barbara Crampton butt naked? Find out by watching From Beyond from 1986. Man, what do you think? You know, it's a great movie. It's a great one. It is a great. I I I thought I've saw I saw this before. Yeah. No, I've never seen this. Yeah. Um, Barbara Crampton is a cute gal. I love she her. She is a cute. She's still she's, beautiful she's, to she's this still, day. She's still beautiful to this day. But there's nothing 
more delightful than a beautiful, cute girl. Not a not a. No, she's slut. not. She's she's not, not like a in harlot. A, she's not like in an eighties hair metal video. Cute, like pretty. She's but like a, she is cute, and she gets into some S and M gear and. <laughs> The movie. By the way, you know the S and M gear thong, she had on with that all that leather and shit. She ended up paying, uh, like selling that at a yard sale to somebody. Oh, so that's for crazy. What eight thousand dollars? No, probably for like ten bucks. Um, and you know, you know, Gertrude from next door was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna try this." And Bert, her husband's like, "What is this, honey? Let's see." We'll even when out. she was putting the make of the lipstick on, I was like, my God, she's never done it before. <laughs> not she's right. not in this world. She's cute. She's a sweetie pie. Yeah, you right. And then she's a sexy nugget. I thought it was a fun uh, movie. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is always the Jeffrey actor. Combs is the kind of guy who he no is one is like. Who no one is like. He is his own. When he played... Dr. Herbert West and Reanimator, which I think I thought Reanimator was a little bit better than this movie. But, of course, but, but, but the thing is, he's still a scientist. He type is literally one of my favorite actors of all time because the way that he—I he, mean, he's a little dude, yeah—but the way that he, his personality and the way that he like presents himself, he should have been huge. on a on a Broadway stage. He was on a Broadway stage. And I and see there you go, <laughs> because that guy acts like he should be going to be or not to be. No, he he did he did all that shit. In fact, he did that a lot before and after his like his. I mean, he's still doing movies and stuff like that, but he did it in between. He, like he is a stage actor. He is a thespian. Yeah, one hundred percent. I thought him. he was great. I thought Ken Foray was great. Get the yeah, but Ken Foray is always kind of Ken Foray, right? Yeah. I mean, but, whether it's Devil's Rejects, whether it's Dawn of the Dead, whether it's this movie, it's kind of the same. I mean, to add fucking, uh, you know, uh, pure mayhem to uh, Nightmare, when they go down and it, it's waist deep in water and right. they've got to unplug something electrical with yeah. a monster fucking trying to eat them. There's a huge monster. It's like, my God, can I catch a break? Dude, you know, I thought it was good. It's fun. I love this movie. It's gloriously gross. That, that that's literally the words in my notes. It's gross. It's got tons of practical effects that are doing their best to kind of make us like turned on with yeah. with Barbara and then hurl at the same time like gross yeah. shit, you know. Uh it is it's extra gross cuz not only is it like a horror murdering things going on, but there's a the whole sexual side of this that's like like kinky sex stuff with slime, and it's kind. Of, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's the minute of, you the minute you uh, enter that zone where they when they flip the switches, yeah, it starts to uh, excite you and sexualize you yep. and make you feel good in all your goody spots. I'm talking the balls, the asshole, the cock, all of that, the vagina, everything. As soon as everyone wants to see those little jellyfish floating through the sky, (laughs) one thing you kind of start saying is, my God, I want to (laughs) fuck. And that's absolutely true. There's one thing about this movie that I love. I love Jeffrey Combs more than life itself. I love Barbara Crampton and I love Ken Foray. Yeah. But the thing is, is the, the, I think the biggest like casting success in this was casting Ted Sorrell as Pretorius. Here's why. Dude just looks fucking greasy. 
He yeah. looks like a he looks before like a, they get put grease on it. That's what I'm saying. He looks like the kind of dude that he plays. Like he looks like that. He's got the hairy chest. He's got the hairy. Why don't you whatever. Wanna come over here and he, say hi to me. He's wearing like like gold chains and stuff like that. There's even a. It's funny because you see him and before and he's doing all this weird shit, right? But he basically, I mean, spoiler, I guess, but he dies with the beheading. But he comes back as a different kind of being, a more evolved being, uh-huh. where he's slimy and his skin is like. It, it's it's like Play-Doh and stuff like that, right? But it's all about the pleasure, right? I don't know if he was grosser looking when he had the Play-Doh skin or when he was just a normal dude. With his know? ass cheeks hanging in the back. Look at me. He literally Look is at a gross me, dude. Jeffrey. Don't I look <laughs> nice to you? Uh, I think one of the best things about this movie is this HP the 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 short story that this is based off of. And by the way, I don't think fucking. Jesus, when did he write that story? 1939? Well, because, yeah, probably Lovecraft, He'd be like, oh my God, what have they done movie? to my L Well, story also, H.P. Lovecraft wouldn't like that there's a black guy in the movie because he was a... a, a well, yeah, a, but... A, 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 a loud like greasy ass cheeks and whatnot. <laughs> Jesus, Dude, I don't like that. The short story this movie was based on was seven pages long. Right. So it's so short. I don't... I mean, Stuart Gordon and the writing crew, Dennis Paoli and, and Brian Yesna. They did. They 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 wrote the they wrote the fuck out of this yeah. movie, right? It was you, amazing. Technically, you're just taking the premise, exactly. but you are also putting in the fucking in the opening credits. H.P. Lovecraft. Ooh, I need to see that. Well, Stuart Gordon loved that stuff, though, man. I mean, he did. I mean, okay, so I have it here in my notes somewhere. So okay, blah blah blah. Uh, he did movies like. Oh shoot! He did a couple of masters of horror. One was uh, Dreams in the Witch House. He, yeah. he, you know, he, he he loves he loves it. He did Reanimator. He did Dagon. He did all these other H.P. Lovecraft. And let's be real: H.P. Lovecraft is as one of a kind writer. Yeah, because I mean, and there's no one like him. And uh, he was an awful person back in the day. However, he's a great his guy. Brain, I mean, he's a his great... brain was crazy with those stories and whatever brought him there. I'm thankful that there are those stories, even though I can't read any of the stuff. Because it's very boring, like the prose is like yeah. long-winded, and I have to look up every other word, you know, stuff like that. So it's a little bit tough to do that, but anytime you can put. By the way, this is an H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, sure, oh. sure. Just don't but ask what his cat's name is. Okay. It's just it 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 it's a it's a fun movie. Love it. It's an eighty style movie, of course, and it's practical it's, effects. It's Chuck full of good times and funness and we love barbara crampton and it's an all-star cast uh what do you call that? an all-star Not horror it. cast an all-star all-star uh 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 ensemble you know <laughs> okay yeah it's yeah. it it is ken foray yep and and it's uh jeffrey combs and barbara crampton and you just say you Guys, damn you. Damn you all to hell. You're great. And the thing is, I hate to like just come over here jizzing all over this movie, but the bottom line is, is this was fun from start to finish. It was crazy. It was madness. And it was perfect. I don't if you want to see Foray in underpants. There's plenty of peach underpants, by the way. (laughs) That was very hot. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Very interesting underpants choice. Um, Why would you first of all, why would you choose briefs like that? 
Second of all, why would you choose that color, Breeze? And why would you do that shot where he's spread eagle down the stairs going, Jesus Christ. With that big old dong like bouncing around as he goes down. I notice that. Okay, fine. But I respect a man that'll jump on the back of a snake demon and stab it in the face. You're right about that. Stab it in the top of the skull. So, you know, it's funny. So uh, kind of going away from the movie that full moon features right now. Uh, first of all, they have Attack of the 50 foot cam girl. And I think you should watch that. But they also have this series called The Resonator, which has uh, Tillinghast, uh, a, a different guy, obviously a young guy playing Tillinghast. And The Resonator has a whole resonator. Where's this thing, at? Fullmoonfeatures.com full or whatever. Okay. Interesting. Know. So I subscribe to their their channel. I may have to go to Tubi for that. It might on be there on Tubi. I bet it is. It probably is. But the thing is, it's great because um, it doesn't, It. It. I feel like it's just it, like very lightly based on this HP Lovecraft thing because Tillinghast actually meets Herbert West. And the irony is Jeffrey Combs played both for Empire, right. you know, but uh, it's, it's great. And the guy, they, in the guy in that, uh, in the series, uh, the resonator who they have play Herbert West, is basically doing a Jeffrey Combs as Dr. Herbert West impersonation. And he does a great job. It's not that great, but it's fun to watch because it's like it's super low budget and you can tell. And it's it's it, Jeffrey, I like it. I like Jeffrey it. is an actor. Oh yeah, dude. And you, Jeffrey is the type of fellow that when you're on set, he goes, Please do not talk to me so long. I because don't, while I'm eating I don't know. this I met him, sandwich, man. He was fun as shit, man. He I am was in cool. character. Like I, I remember standing there. next to him, and I remember thinking, man, he's a perfect size for a midget girlfriend. But whatever, it's cool. I love this movie. I give it a very high buy, and the the only reason I don't give it a bone saw is I don't think I gave Reanimator a bone saw. Right. But I also think I like Reanimator a little bit better than this. I do. But this was amazing. I you <laughs> see that's tough because I do love the Reanimators. I love them. <laughs> But I thought this was good. And Barbara Crampton in a thong, it might be the thing where I go. In <laughs> reanimator, you literally saw her getting eaten out by a I know, head. but I saw her in action with lipstick on, on top of Jeffrey Combs in I a thong you. with her juicy ass. And Ken Foray come in going, God damn it, you're trying to. Sensualize me. You're trying to sexualize me. <laughs> trying to get me down and and, and and to make a fuckings on you. Fuck that. Yeah, he did. Or he did. maybe he didn't. No, he you did. be the judge. Three eight five three five one nine two seven three. What did Ken Foray do? All right, Bar- okay. Bar- Barbara Crampton. You got it. When she had that nice thong on. <laughs> I Beautiful think this is thong. a classic. This has got to be a classic movie. Nineteen eighty six. Go check it out if you haven't already seen it. I, I I dare say that most people who listen to this podcast have seen it. But watch it again through your new eyes. Yeah. And you will love it. Exactly. Is that all we got? I give that a high buy. The same. And I say, that's it. Here, son. <laughs> all right. So let's review the question of the episode. We're talking about separating the art from the artists. Yes. Is there, is there a movie that... You like that after you found out about what the artist did, and I feel like we're going to get some uh, Jeepers Creepers with this. Uh, I yeah. feel like we're going to get that, but uh, it's a good movie. It, I like it. I like it. He did some sucking and fucking on kids. Oh, little boy, little boy. Uh, separating the art from artists. So, is there a movie that you cannot separate the art from the artist, and you don't like it anymore? Or is there is there a movie where you don't care for the artist, but you care for their art? Call it in three five three five one nine two seven three. Three five three five one nine two seven three. Shane, you got anything else? 
That's it. So, for the Corpse Cast, we will catch you guys later. Goodbye. How many people do I have to kill? For you know-